This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. When the replay official did not stop I'm the game. not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Harris, they don't talk. Is that something you just ignore? Yeah. Yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired, and the next week you're going to take another job. And I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And so, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it. But it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy. How are you doing? Hey, buddy. I'm doing all right, uh, but I got to be honest, for the first time this offseason, following the Big Ten surprising decision... Anybody missed it? Big Ten shifted to conference-only games. They're the first Power Five league to make that decision. Feeling a little down. I'm feeling a little bit down. How about you? <laughs> I am too, man. You know, it's just in the back of your mind. You know, it's like it, it reminds me of high school, and you got that 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 big reporter, that big essay you've got to do, and you said, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to tackle this thing, and then. You kept putting it off and putting it off and you're getting closer to the date. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, and you're going to throw something together, but you know you're going to get a bad grade. That's kind of what it feels like, Mike. It feels like we've put this thing off, put this thing off, and I was hoping that that would be the traction we needed to run through this season, but it feels like we're starting to get that bad news, man. It's led to conference play, which don't get me wrong. If that's all we have, we've talked about it. I'll be excited because college football's on TV, but I don't like the step down. You know what I'm saying? It almost feels like this is a gradual letdown. So uh, I'm pretty down about the whole situation. I, I know ACC. Uh, I don't know if they have they officially come out and said conference only. No, no, no other league. Just the Big Ten, and of course the Ivy League. I think it was on Wednesday said they're going to spring, but who cares about them? I mean, they don't play yeah. at the major level or anything. So it's just the Big Ten. Now, there are reports out there that the ACC and the Pac-12 likely shift into something similar. And, of course, you know, if all these leagues do it, the SEC is almost going to be forced to do it. 
Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, I said I was feeling down. Now I've talked myself into this. Man, I think this could be overall a good thing, and it may ensure that we get SEC football this year. And I'll, I'll explain it to you like this, Shane, because, you know, it's kind of the same as you. I mean, we're all look, we've got circled September 5th. I mean, hell, we're doing a damn countdown to it every day because <laughs> we're so yeah. fired up about it. But how many good games we get in week one? I mean, most of these games are garbage outside yeah. of, a, you know, a game here or there. And a lot of the SEC, you know, as much as we love SEC, we got to be honest with ourselves. A lot of these games are not worth attending. They're not worth watching. I mean, hell, we watch them because we love them and <laughs> we'll take them over <laughs> anything else. But uh, are we really getting fired up to watch Florida beat up on Eastern Washington for four quarters? I mean, I, I'll be fired up for the first half, but second half, I'm kind of, you know, I'm already switching <laughs> to another game. Yeah. So it's not the end of the world. And here's a, here's a major, major thing to keep in mind with you know, obviously they're making these decisions because of everything that's going on with the virus and people, you know, worried about you know, player safety and outbreaks and all this. And all of a sudden, if we've got three to four openings on every SEC schedule, obviously that's not ideal. But what it does is it's going to give the SEC and all these leagues really, but of course we're just talking about the SEC here. It's going to give the SEC so much flexibility where, you know, imagine, God forbid, come Halloween, Georgia and Florida cannot play that game in the SEC East. Now, in a normal year, if that got wiped out, it's like, my God, well, how are we going to determine the East winner? Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the schedules right here, and, I mean, they've got a month to figure that thing out if they can't get it in that day. And, I mean, that's just mm -hmm. one game. I mean, you're talking the entire SEC slate with so many moving parts. Maybe you start to see, you know, maybe we'll see some added SEC games. You know, like maybe mm -hmm. SEC, uh, Tennessee play LSU this year. Maybe Florida will play Auburn again. I mean, there's there's just no telling what could come of this. And uh, while obviously it's it's like troubling news, but – I'm starting to see a lot of positivity coming from this. And at the end of the day, I think uh, this gets us closer to making sure that we have SEC football this year. Mike, just when I thought I couldn't get any further out, you pull me back <laughs> in, baby. Right. I like it. I, you know, something that I, I was thinking about earlier when I heard the news, I was like, you know what? It won't be so bad. In fact, one could argue that this could be a better season than we've had in a long time. Every, every ball game has something on the line. You know what I'm saying? It's, mm -hmm. it's I'm with you. I think, uh, I think it's going to be highly entertaining and would not surprise me, Mike, if this doesn't change the, uh, the, I mean, cause we've talked about this, about extending playoffs and things like that. Uh, we've 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 heard people complain in the past about we need ten conference games. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if twenty twenty creates that shift. If the ratings go up, which they will, man. If you're watching an SEC game every time you turn on the TV, more people are going to be watching it. Uh, I think there's going to be less people allowed at the game. You know, so I, I think the ratings will be through the roof, and I think that this may change things in the future. And I'm not opposed to it, man. What I am, what I, what I hate, and I'm not, because I can already hear it, man. 
I can hear the Big Ten. They got a team up there. Let's say it's Ohio State, and they're going to claim a national championship. You know, <laughs> there's going to be that. Clemson's going to claim that. UCF down there is going to claim a national. You know, it's just I, I feel like we're going to have a bunch of that at the end. That's not – I'm not excited about that. Another thing, uh, you could talk about like a, the Clemson-South Carolina game. You know, that game's been going on since – 1909 i think they've played every year so Mm -hmm. uh that's that's a big hit i'm sure there's some south carolina fans that are like well you know we could we could go ahead and sit this year (laughs) you know it's just like me in alabama right now but uh i just i I think this is going to make for better football i I just think it's going to change future landscapes and uh wouldn't be surprised if we if we get a, a a some sort of playoff extension uh news talk toward the end of the season yeah, you hit on a you hit on a lot there. That was the, your your last point was something I was going to say because I think that's what's going to happen. Because if you got no non conference games, and we're obviously going to have, you know, potentially just conference schedules across college football, I think we're going to see a scenario where all the champions go to a playoff this year. You know, mm-hmm. probably a one time deal, but hell, who knows? If it's a big hit, maybe they'll start doing it every year. Maybe maybe there'll be some at larges. I don't know, but maybe you do to just get that round number because there's only five power five leagues, you know, so you probably send in eight total teams to the college football playoff. So I think that is something that's is certainly going to be a possibility. And, you know, you talk about those rivalry games at the end of the season. This, this is the exact reason why it's so stupid for the big 10 to come out and say, well, we're just playing conference games. Yeah. Now it's fine. Now they did that solo and they did that without, you know, these conferences poor Notre Dame, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, to hell with them. They're not they're not even in a league. But oh, no. what I beat is, you know, the SEC, the Pac twelve, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the ACC, they meet regularly this entire offseason. And from what I understand, I mean Big Ten just caught everyone off guard. I think they had a some kind of a meeting even this week and they discussed this possibility. But Big Ten said, you know, we're not going to make any decisions anytime soon. And they turn around and make the damn decision. So that tells you what their word is worth. But the thing is, I could see SEC, ACC shift to a conference-only schedule. But it doesn't have to be written in stone. You know, they could say, let's let's look ahead to the season. Try to play it conference-only. Let's, you know, hope and pray, you know, everything goes right and we you follow the uh, protocols in place and we make it through the in- entire season. And by the tail end of the season, they'll probably have a very good idea of how this is working. And if there's a possibility at the end of the schedule, let's play these rivalry games that are nearby. Uh, that's why it's so stupid now months in advance to say, well, hell, we're just playing conference games because you're losing the possibility of having those on the back end of your schedule, and there's really no need to to, to kick them off. You know what I mean? At this point well, on the calendar, in my view. Do you think, Mike, and we're just – I mean, I think this is a big picture type situation. You know, there's a lot of people talking about SEC not being able to afford not to have a season. I, I, I think – I don't think that's where we're at with the SEC, but – some of these non-conference teams, mm-hmm. do you think after this, do you think, are we going to see a lot of teams folding up, like just doing away with the football program? and lo- Because, you know, these big marquee games that they had were 
you know, sometimes the only money that they they received as far as revenue for their schools and their sports. Do you do you see? I don't know, like a like a shift where it's just the Power Five conferences after this. Yeah, I mean the smaller schools are definitely going to get hurt, and you know I've always thought it was so bizarre that this is how they made their money. You know, where you got to mm-hmm. go get destroyed by an SEC team to to pay for your athletic budget for the year it never made any sense to me and you know finally you know it's not their fault that no one could have seen this coming but you know I, th- I think that's kind of what you what you almost signed up for with this bizarre financial plan that you got going on <laughs> so I really hate to see it but I think in reality we could see a lot of these teams and it's not going to be just football but it, potentially other sports you know we've already seen for anybody that missed it, Stanford, like they eliminated 11 sports the other day. So this is affecting even the Power 5 schools. Right. And I think I think what's really going to happen, it's not going to be like the end of football at the, at the smaller level. I think it's going to be somewhat similar to UAB a couple of years ago. Remember they had, you know, there's, there's a huge backstory of why they went away, but they did go away for, you know, two, three, four years. I, I don't know the specifics, but then they came back and now they're, on solid footing. So I think we're going to see a lot of these smaller programs for a year or two go away. Uh, And if there's support, if there's financial backing and what have you, I think they'll make a return in the years to come. But yeah, there's probably going to be several programs that go away and and they just don't have the sport and never come back, which is unfortunate. Yeah. No, that sucks, man. I I just, one other thing, sorry, I meant to mention this as well with, with a sec specific, conference schedule if we get that another positive that this also got me fired up thinking about it now we've got uniform testing because for some reason we didn't have that in the ncaa we've only got it conference by conference so who knows what the acc is doing the big 10 and not not to even mention these smaller schools so everybody in the sec i think they're going to have a policy in place heading into the year and it's going to be it's going to work really well because, you know, here's just an example. Week two of the season, we got Florida and Kentucky in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. God forbid, let's just say Florida has an outbreak and they can't play Florida. Well, maybe they can swipe in, you know, South Carolina's playing Eastern Carolina. We're not playing that game this year. Let's slide that game up. And now the SEC's covered, and now they'll just mm-hmm. they'll readjust as the season goes along. So, and that's another beauty of having all these holes on the schedule is they'll be able to you know fit these Jenga pieces together to make a complete schedule. And that's another thing that you know obviously we don't want to be going through this, but in an uncertain time, I think it could make the best case scenario for the college football SEC season to take place. It just just gives us so much flexibility to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think, you know, I saw a lot of jokes online when, uh, when the uh, big 12 came out and said that they're going to just do conference games only. And then, and then they showed all these like memes of like coronavirus getting stopped at the gate because they're a non-conference team. You know, it's <laughs> like, Oh, I can't go in there now. It's a conference game, you know, <laughs> it's like, but it makes sense when you think about, like you said, the uniform testing, something we were talking about, some of these smaller programs. I think the SEC had, like, part of their contingency plan was to test these smaller schools prior to uh, competing against them. But now you you take that out. 
like you said, everybody's doing the same thing. Uh, you could keep an eye. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the players get a little bit more restricted when it's in. I mean, you know, maybe not allowed to go out as near as much, or maybe a curfew. I don't know how they're going to set that up, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I just. I don't know. The, the more I think about it, I, I think that this is a good thing. So I, I see that it. I see that this is going probably going to happen with the SEC, and I'm I'm good with it. Sounds like you're good with it. It seems like this was a plan, like a backup plan, but it's still football, man. You know what? What's worse is them just coming out and saying, "Well, we're not gonna we're gonna push it back to spring," and the next thing you know, they cancel the damn thing. You know that's. That's I, I'm, I'm trying to 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 stay positive, you know, which is extremely hard because we got some bad news today. But I like I like what you're saying. It makes sense to me. I think we're going to have college football. I think it's going to be great. Who knows? 2020 could be the most fantastic season of college football you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And hey, if uh, you're feeling down, man, who better to pick you up? Then old Coach O, baby, he was on the local radio here, Louisiana WWLM. Man, he got me fired up. He was asked about, uh, you know, playing in the spring, what they'll have to do. He even talked about national championships. I don't know about you, Shane, but it sounds like he's making a dick joke here. But I, but I, I loved it. Let's kick it over to Coach O. My understanding that uh, well, a lot's going to happen in mid-July, if not late July, as far as going forward, was going to come about. Yeah, but we plan to play. You know, the, the other stuff is out of our control. Uh, we have the full staff in here. We're planning for football school. We've made our practice schedules for August. Uh, we're filling in all of our scripts and doing all of our chords. We're going on as, as usual. We're playing. Now, you know, whatever happens, we've been told that all likelihood we are playing. But if that changes, you know, that's out of our control. But for right now, our team has a great mindset. Coach, we're all looking for hope, for anything for hope right now. And you mentioned that you guys are planning to play this fall. If if it doesn't happen in the fall, is spring football a possibility? In other words, could you have a season in the spring? Could you see that? You know, I don't know. I, I, you know, obviously, that's out of my wheelhouse, man. I even think about that stuff. But if it does happen, we're going to prepare that. Whatever they give us, it doesn't matter. We have a mantra here. We don't blink. You just tell us where to play. It's in a cow pasture. It's at midnight. It's at 3 in the morning. We're going to go play. During this pandemic, um, have you got any more yoked? I know you're a big workout uh, big workout guy. I'm sure you, you've kept in shape, maybe maybe even uh, improved your shape. Yeah, man, I feel good. I feel good. Lost about 30 pounds, ready to go. Uh, I feel good. been running every day, running the river. I work out at night. I'm picking up uh, some extracurricular exercise at night, having fun, and it's been a good time. LSU head coach Ed Ogeron here on Sports Talk. Coach, going back to Miami, USC, and now LSU, how many rings do you have? That was, that was my fifth one. I'm very proud of it. That's my first one as a head coach. I've been fortunate to be a part of five national championship football teams. Well, uh, Coach O, that means you got five more fingers. You can't retire, so you have ten. <laughs> then you can start. Right. If you go beyond that, you can start putting them on your toes. There you go. Hey, Bobby. But hey, them big, them big rings like that. I'm out to find somewhere else to put them. All right, man. That's I mean that's Captain Positivity right there. Fifteen and O go Tigers, Coach O, national championship. And you know if there's anybody in college football that 
you know, we were joking about Derek Mason not wanting to play the season so that no one knows how right. terrible they are. Hell, Coach O's got every reason to not want to play, and so he got another year to say we're the champs, you know, kiss the ring. But no, sir, mm-hmm. he wants to take the field. He wants to defend that title. He's already looking ahead to the next title. So, man, I, I just the more I hear from Coach O, the more I love him. I love it. Just name it, buddy. You want Walmart parking lot? We'll do it. You know, it's just like, Coach O gets the world. And I love, I mean, he's, he's all football, man. He's my football spirit. I love seeing them videos. You ever seen them videos coming out, him running? He runs around down there in uh, Louisiana, no shirt, 24 seven, man. The guy's got the best tent, best tan in the world. And, uh, he loves college football. He, he runs at my pace, but I'll tell you. <laughs> He's uh he's already getting ready for the season. I love it. <laughs> the uh, the only other thing been a really slow week here. Hell, we got some uh, week one gambling lines. You want to discuss that real quick? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, who in the hell even knows if these games are going to be played now? But uh, <laughs> still interesting. And I, I got to start with this one just because it was so funny when I heard this reaction. But uh, Nevada at Arkansas. Razorbacks a nine point favorite, mm. and a lot of a lot of happy fans out there, Mike. That's what I wanted to mention because w- a Arkansas fan reacted to that and said, "My God, we're we're finally favorites, <laughs> and the college football's coming to an end." <laughs> That's just where we're at, you know it. So, oh God, but at least we can gamble on these games for now. Um, New Mexico at. Mississippi State, Mississippi State, 28-and-a-half-point favorite. Mike Leach's debut, you know they're going to be fired up for that one. Mm-hmm. UTSA at LSU, you know, we talk about how much LSU's got to replace. 36 points favorite, LSU. And, of course, these are uh, via Circa Sports there in Las Vegas. Coastal Carolina at South Carolina, 23-point favorite. Here's my favorite one on the board, Shane. This is going to piss you off. Charlotte at Tennessee. Tennessee is a 24-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm putting the mortgage on Charlotte. What? They're not not going to win the game, but they're going to cover that because that's the same damn thing I said about Georgia State. And (laughs) Shut up. Why couldn't we have them on the schedule this year, Mike? (laughs) We never had that one, so – Oh. They'll they'll never come to Neyland again. You know what? They'll just they'll always they'll hang a they're probably got a damn banner up that they I think they went like eight and four or something, but they won the one in Neyland. That's all that, that matters. Mm-mm. USC at Alabama, uh, USC versus Alabama. This one's in Arlington. Fourteen point favorite for the Crimson Tide. Virginia versus Georgia. That one's in Atlanta. The Bulldogs favored by nineteen. And then final one on the docket here: Baylor. And Ole Miss in Houston, that game's a pick em. The rest of the SEC slate, like I said, I mean, hell, even most of these games are not going to be that competitive, but the rest are, are really, they don't even have point spreads at this time. So uh, that's something to discuss. Any of those jump out to you? And, uh, you know, just my thoughts on, on why I really like Charlotte there in the 24 is just what we've seen from Tennessee. Jeremy Pruitt, I mean, for whatever reason, has got an issue having his team ready to play out the gate. I think Charlotte is a very underrated team. Will Healy did a great job at Austin P. He got Charlotte to a bowl game last year. I think they'll keep that within 20 points is, is basically what I'm trying to say here. So I really like that line. Uh, but do any of them jump out to you? 
uh, USC Alabama because I, I, I think that's going to be a statement game right out of the right as the season opens. Fourteen points. That's a joke. Remember last time these two met? You know, it was just a. I, I don't know if Saban just hates California or or something. You know, he just he has an opportunity. Think about this, Mike. There's a lot of California fans. Okay. I think he makes statements when he plays these type of teams because he knows there's a lot of kids watching this game. And if Alabama comes out there and kicks some ass, I think in his mind uh, it's it's a recruiting statement. Why would you go here when you could come over here, you know, and, and not only dominate, but I'll have you in the NFL in three years. So um, I'm going – I'm putting all my money on the Alabama game right now. Mm-hmm. Another one that is kind of catching my eye here, South Carolina, 23-point favorite against Coastal Carolina. I generally don't like to take that many points, particularly Mm -hmm. early in the season, because it seems like a lot of offenses not firing on all cylinders, so it's kind of hard to cover that many points. But South Carolina, significantly more talented than Coastal Carolina. We know that. Uh, As long as, you know, they don't shit the bed here. I mean, they (laughs) they should beat the hell out of this team. And I think if you're betting coastal, I think you're just betting, you know, maybe there's some hangover from last year's four and eight season. But I think South Carolina is going to come out with a purpose here and, and just kind of show that last year was a fluke because, yes, they won four games last year, but every other year under Will Muschamp, they go into a bowl game. So this is yeah. this is not as bad of a program as, as some make it out to be. So I think they're going to beat the hell out of coastal. But I, like I said, uh, oh, it, only other th- kind of noteworthy stuff. I mean, I hope this guy's all right. But uh, right after we got done re- uh, recording our last podcast, Alabama announced Steve Sarkeesian had a, some kind of heart surgery. And mm. it, I think it was like an emergency type deal where, you know, they give these coaches physicals and something showed up in his physical. And uh, they said he's going to make a full recovery. He had this done right before the 4th of July. They just waited a little while to announce it. So hope, you know, he's doing fine. But the only thing with that is, you know, I don't know how serious that is, but it's, it sounds serious. And you just don't know if he's going to be ready for the yeah. season. So here we go into the USC opener. His former team, they may not even have their offensive coordinator. They may not have him for Georgia game week three. So that's something to think about. I mean, I know that, yeah, that- I'm, not, I'm not trying to be, you know, minimize his – his health situation, but they they're saying he's making a, a full recovery. So I, I don't think there's any danger of him, you know, not being back with the team. I'm just wondering the timeline for that. Well, let's just go glass half full, Mike. Let's just, <laughs> he's all right, man. Steve's back. I, I, this is a, I think this is a campaign season for him. You know, I, I think, right. I think this is the season that he's going to try to go somewhere else and get him another head coaching position. So, um, yeah, he's got to have that heart healthy. So I, I know what that's <laughs> like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, uh, I did want to ask you something though. Um, mm-hmm. uh, did you see where the Ravens came out and they were talking about, you know, cause you always, you always look to the NFL because it kind of gives you a little bit of a pulse of where things are going in the in college football. And mm-hmm. did you see where they they they're limiting the seats to like fifteen thousand? Yeah, that was interesting. So for anyone who doesn't know, the Ravens their stadium holds. I think it's wrote an article on it. There's the only reason I know this, but it's something like seventy two thousand, mm-hmm. and they're going to limit it to around fourteen thousand, which is twenty percent roughly 20% of the stadium. So that's interesting because uh, and it's not just the Ravens because Kansas City Chiefs, you know, just won the Super Bowl. 
They announced yeah. something similar, but they did not announce the number. They just said it would be limited. And you got to think, I mean, a team coming off a of Super <laughs> Bowl, got Pat Mahomes. I mean, they could sell every seat in that stadium for whatever they want to charge, but yet they know they – I don't think the health officials are going to allow them to do it. So that yeah. that is an interesting note, something to consider, where these football stadiums, at least in the NFL, they're anticipating around 20% stadium capacity being the most you can have. So I don't know. I think that, that may even be, you know, state by state, local government right. by local I- government and – Man, wouldn't it suck if I don't even want I don't know the numbers, so I'm not calling any states out here, but you know, you go to the swamp and there's no fans, and then they turn around and they gotta go to LSU, Death Valley, and there's all these fans. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> that's not fair, but I I think that might the might be the reality of it, you know? Yeah, everybody I, there'll be plenty of cowbells in Mississippi, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think it had something to do with uh, w- more with the the Ravens location than it did actually NFL. And mm-hmm. what about Mahomes, man? Getting a half a billion dollar contract? Could you imagine? Man, I, I'll I'll settle. I'll tell you what, Shane. I'll settle for uh, <laughs> a quarter of that. I'll be happy. Yeah, we'll be all right, man. Let me hold a dollar. So. <laughs> you, did you no, see I, ESP? I think it was ESPN broke down, you know, how much he makes a game, how much he makes uh, a month and all this stuff. And it, it, they even broke it down to the second. And the guy's wow. making like a dollar sixty a second. And the first <laughs> first po- first Twitter post was, so if he drops a dollar, he's making money. By not picking it up, <laughs> I was like, "What? That's genius!" <laughs> oh, jeez, good grief! <laughs> I love it. I love Twitter. You know, I just love these people. I get on here and I watch. You know, the fan bases are getting fired up, Mike. Yeah, you know, I love I, it. the hot vi- the hot videos are rolling out daily. You know, some good ones. I I, I try to retweet as many as I as I can see, but it's it's to a point now. It's it feels like. Football season is almost upon us. Um, I guess uh, you haven't heard anything about the media days. Anything come back from that? No, sir. Just officially postponed for now. And it's like I said, I think they're just trying to figure out when they start football before they make a determination on that. I think we're going to have it, man. I think it's going to be all right. Uh, I'm kind of interested in the reshuffling of the schedule. You know, so if we take all non-conference, I mean, we're we're, – could potentially shorten the season, mm-hmm. but I, I think what you're saying is maybe just leave the holes. I, I, I see that maybe, you know, you could have a little bit more leeway if, if something did pop up and maybe there's a percent, like if uh, X amount percent of your team is infected, then that they, they, you know, qualify for a bye week or something like that. You know, I'm sure there's conti- – like you heard him talk the other day, he's probably got contingencies for contingencies. So, um, yeah, like guys- I imagine, you know, we talk all off season about Texas A&M schedule, right? Yeah. It's kind of backloaded. They got LSU, Alabama, last two games of the year. Imagine in some horrible scenario where Texas A&M's 10-0 – Yet th- mm-hmm. those two games get wiped off the schedule because of Corona. And then we're like, right. well, who the hell's the champion? You know what I mean? Like that's, that would be a disaster scenario. Whereas now I think we avoid that because we got this extra flexibility. And if some, some tragedy happens or, or who knows if they just need to switch a game here or there, like 
it's going to be inconvenient, but at least we'll get the games and we'll get the real winners and we'll get the champion, you know? <laughs> I was just thinking about, did you, did you see that tweet earlier from Jules, uh, J you can see her at, at J U G I N N. She's got this gift and it's got this monkey on life support and somebody's like playing with its hair and uh, she put, when the SEC does a conference on his schedule <laughs> as an Arkansas fan. <laughs> that's oh, it, man. That's what, man. that's what it is. So that's I mean, it. this is this is the year, man. If you ain't if you ain't getting it done in the SEC, you just ain't getting it done. You know what? Exactly. Here we were just talking about their season opener and their favorites. <laughs> now, now they're going to end up having to play Georgia or somebody. <laughs> Oh, man, I hope they do it like a lottery or something. You know, I hope they make it entertaining when they decide, you know, don't just come out with this blanket statement and this is what we've decided who gets to play. I hope they do have some fun with it. You know, 2020 has been a rough year, Mike, and it's been even it's been really rough for for the fans of the SEC just because the just the unknowing i mean just for so many months now we've not known what's going to happen we still at this point you know here it is july we don't even really know if we're going to have college football it's it's stressful man Mm -hmm. especially for i mean there's a lot of people's livelihood tied up in this uh so when when it does happen if the season does happen i hope they they I hope they have fun with it, man. I hope I hope they make this uh, a fantastic season, uh, and I think they will. And if you did get to the game, so that's at limited capacity, it's not a bad thing. I mean, if you've been to Neyland, you got to have like a 14-inch hip, you know, to sit in those seats comfortably. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm not 100 pounds, you know, so maybe a little space won't hurt for us bigger guys to get out here and watch some games, Mike. <laughs> Imagine being a lucky fan to be at one of these games and you you witness an all time classic. I mean, it's just gonna, yeah. You'd obviously want it to be a full stadium, but it may even be even more special when you're, you know, you win that lottery or whatever the heck it is, and and you're there right there for it. And I, as sad as times as we are, I still get fired up just thinking about hell. Even if it's twenty percent fans there, you know what? That's right. And watch us have a pull off a big upset, you know, and they pinpoint me as I'm trying to get over the wall. You know, it's like, <laughs> dude, we can see you. Like, you know, it's... <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I started out this pod doom and gloom. Uh, I'm glad we've, we've, we're ending it on a positive note, Mike. You made me feel better. Well, speaking of a positive note, looks like we've got a, uh, quite a few reviews to jump to before we hop off here. Yes, sir. All right, Mike. Well, I'm going to tell you, man, the reviews have been flying in. I appreciate everybody taking the opportunity to get on your iPhones and give us a five-star rating. And uh, apparently you've been mailing koozies daily. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're flying in. That's our reward for if anyone wants to give us a five-star written review. So keep them coming. we got lots of koozies uh, here ready to get shipped out. Absolutely. And this first one comes from Andrew Chinlin. Best college football podcast, five stars. I absolutely love the commentary from Mike and Cousin Shane. They've been my number one podcast on the commute to work. They stick to football with some great guests, and their commentary is always light and fun for the entire spectrum of football fans, from diehard to casual weekend warriors. Love the Gator hype and keep up the great work. Well, Andrew, I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate that one, Andrew. Next one comes from Donkey. 
lot of numbers. Awesome. Five star. Great pod. Go Gators. Well, Donkey, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate all this Gator love. Next one comes from Big Orange Daddy. The site for the SEC football. Five star. I'm the ultimate SEC podcast homer. I'm Mike's dad. and Hey, hey, Doc, what's up? I'm Mike's dad and cousin Shane's uncle. They are a great team that are informative, witty, and entertaining on the show. This is the site for SEC football. Great job, guys. A must-listen for SEC football fans. Well, Mike, Big Orange, Daddy, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate that one, Dad. (laughs) Next one uh, comes from Army, Josh Gibbs. Pepperidge Farms, <laughs> five star. The show starts off with the sound of an ice cold beer being opened. It immediately, immediately takes you back to when Lee Corso was wrongly picking the games on college game day. The smell of fresh cut grass instantly fills your stereo and you remember to take your allergy meds or get a COVID test. Their, their voices are as angelic as a pirate on a Saturday night press conference. <laughs> as a Georgia fan, I have constantly taken high blood pressure meds and acid reflux meds. These guys let me know I'm doing it right. If you ever need to remember what the good old days were like, give these guys a chance because they remember. As well as Pepperidge Farms, go dogs, sick them. Serious note, retiring out of the Army this year and spent a lot of time away from the kids and wife, and this podcast has held tremendously. I hope you stay around for the long haul. Would love to talk football with you one day. Love, SSG Gibbs. Well, Mr. Gibbs, I appreciate your service and the review. I appreciate you, my friend. Wow, what a review. Yeah, I mean, he hit all over the part there. I mean, he's, he's mocking us. He's saying what a good time we gave him. He's... And thank you for your service. Mention that as well. So, hey, that's why we do this thing, man, to uh, reach out to fans like you because that's all we are at heart. So, I mean, I, that, that's pretty touching right there. I really appreciate that one. Yes, and he reminded me of how much money I lost last year, Mike. So let's, <laughs> let's move on before the wife comes in. Atlanta Vols, best SEC podcast, five-star. Mike and Cousin Chain are the best. Must listen for all SEC fans. Keep up the great work, and thanks for keeping our spirits up during this uncertain time. Go Vols. Well, Atlanta Vols, I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate that one. This one comes from an interesting fella, TN Mike. The best podcast in the world, five star. In my totally unbiased view, this is not the best SEC podcast in the world, but likely in the universe. Well, TN Mike, I appreciate you. Hey, I got a new phone. <laughs> That's right. You get a new phone, go to a store. The five-star ratings keep pouring in. Last one. This one's from Ecross89. Great podcast. Five-star. Fun and entertaining podcast. My go-to for all SEC news and updates. Keep up the good work, fellas. Go Big Orange. Well, Ecross89, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you. Hey, we uh, mailed you a koozie just today, so be on the lookout for that. And, you know, I just realized it took us a couple, you know, a year or two to get a review from my dad. How bad is that? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pops. <laughs> oh, geez. No, you know, it, it, it takes me back, man. You know, we used to go over, 
or his house, your house. I mean, that was college football hub. You know, we'd, we'd watch football all Saturday, and then Sunday we'd jump on the NCAA. We'd start playing video. I mean, it was just, uh, it takes me back, man. I love college football. I, I, I'm just, I'm so excited that I, I think it's coming, Mike. You know, you talked me into it. I think it's coming. We're going to have some great games. We're going to have a great year. It's going to be one we're going to talk about for generations to come. So, um I'm just I'm Yeah, pumped, who knows? Man. This might be the greatest season of all time. You know what? That's what that's what I'm saying, man. I think it could be. Absolutely. I mean <laughs> and I hope I'm alive for it. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> yeah, back I'm, to that BP medicine. I better slow down here. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, if you want uh, a koozie sent your way, you want your your review read on the air, all you gotta do, give us that five star written review. We'll read it on the show, send you a koozie free of charge we really do appreciate each and every one of those i think that's going to do it for this week on the show thanks for joining me cousin shane thanks everyone for tuning in we'll catch you on the next one all right see you guys go balls